Good morning and welcome to Inside Redeemer with Jerry Wilbanks. Today is Sunday, July the 15th, 2012. Our Sunday worship services is being broadcast from inside the Redeemer Lutheran Church located at 5700 Lawndale Street in Houston, Texas. The Reverend Grant Housewright will deliver the Holy Gospel for today and Lector Walter Johnson will read today's scripture readings. The music is provided by choir director Nancy Housewright and our Sunday worship services begin at 10.30 a.m. On our Sunday morning broadcast, we always like to acknowledge our Redeemer family shut-ins and give a big old shout-out and let you know that we're thinking about you and we have you in our hearts and in our minds. Our love goes out to each and every one of you. Hello, Charles Vogt, Marion Cook, Donald Langdon, Frank and Laura Thack, Wanda Harris, Marie Pearson, Marie Reynolds, Robert Olson, Ruvella Eckelman, Mary Margaret Rierick, Victoria Carr, Phyllis Edelman, Edith Owens, and Robert Lindbergh. We love you all, and God bless you all. It's good to see everybody today. Glad you're here. We're recording the service today, so no crosstalk, okay? Let's remember that. Maybe I should remember that. It's good to see all of you. Glad you're here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to remind everyone that today is our second and final day of our summer celebration, Bible School. And I uh, want to let you know that, again, over 80 folks have signed up for Bible School today, for our celebration today. And I want you to check out, please, we'd like you to check out the new totals for both our uh, supplies and the Mosquito Net Project. It's in your bulletin. And uh, we praise God for this, 386 and uh, 63 nets so far. 386 with 63 nets purchased so far. Fantastic. We cut that rate down of these children dying every 30 seconds uh, from malaria. We'll cut that down considerably. Also, I want to um, remind everyone that, uh, or let everyone know that the speakers have been repaired, and uh, uh, Bill Andro and, uh, and Jerry Wilbanks took care of that situation this past week, put in some time here. Also, the uh, leaks that were in the ceiling have all been taken care of, the leaks which started way up in a drain pan, went through the cry room, went through here, and into the overflow room. Uh, ceiling repaired, repainted, retextured, redone, light fixtures replaced when needed, uh, and the ceiling upstairs in the cry room, and the floor, well, some of the floor being redone, a new step put in over on be your right, on that side of the cry room, and uh, outside the cry room in the hallway, new flooring, vinyl flooring put in. Uh, Daniel Tuman and his uh, father-in-law, Denise's dad, Mr. Delgado, first name Daniel, and uh, a cousin by the name of Richard, who also helped out. So we appreciate that as well. Also, we have new Sunday school materials, which are going to be used for Sunday school shortly. And uh, the uh, science family, uh, Alan Helen, are thanked for donating the monies which it took in order to purchase those materials. So we thank all of you very, very, very much. We thank all of you very much for being here, for the Holy Spirit to call us and gather us, to guide us, to sanctify us and keep us in his name. This coming Saturday is the men's breakfast, 8 a.m. 
I am not telling you what we're having this time, because I'm the only one who knows. But it'll be good. And we really appreciate Al Science has come forward to uh, prepare our breakfast. He told me before, he said, well, I don't know if I can make it now. I said, if I make the announcement, you will make it. So <laughs> he has a place to be after that. So he's going to feed us. And uh, a couple of the folks will help him out. And uh, uh, 8 o'clock breakfast and continuing the Bible study of uh, Exodus. Are there any other announcements? Other than the fact it's truly great to see you. You look pretty good when you put a tie on there, Ron. It's in the recording. So, oh, there. I knew there was a voice. Yes, thank you. The new uh, Kroger letter, when you want to renew the uh, UPC code for when you go to Kroger, the letter. I uh, made 50 copies of the letter on your way out today, which would be... Uh, uh, it's on the, where the bulletins usually are in the narthex. So you can grab a letter from there and go to Kroger to the customer service and they'll renew that for you and update it. I got a call from uh, Ed Science about 15 minutes ago saying don't start without me, but I think we better get going. <laughs> Today we are using the Lutheran Book of Worship and not, uh, we will not sing every verse of every hymn, so please uh, uh, pay attention to that. And uh, we're gonna begin our time together a few moments for silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sisters and brothers, bear with one another in love. Maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Please sit or kneel for the confession. Holy and gracious God, we confess that we have not led a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not always acted according to your will. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us. Forgive us according to the riches of your grace. Make us holy and blameless before you in love, so that we might live to the praise of your glory. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. You, who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Please stand. The blessing of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious grace freely bestowed in the Son, and the power of the promised Holy Spirit be with you all. Together let us pray the prayer of the day toward the top of page 3. O oh God, from you come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. 
You may be seated for the readings, and the children are excused for Sunday school. Good morning, friends in Christ. Our first reading this morning is from the Old Testament book of Amos, chapter 7, verses 7 through 15. This is what the Lord God showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from this, his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there. But never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. Here ends the first reading of the day. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, 
This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Here ends our second reading of the day. The Holy Gospel for this day is written in the Gospel according to St. Mark in the sixth chapter. King Herod heard of the disciples preaching, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason, these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah, and others said it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and uh, put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he had heard him, when he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests, and the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you even half of my kingdom. Well, she went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? And she replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately, the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Spirit, Lord, now unto me, that he may touch my eyes and make me see. Know me the truth concealed within your word, and in your book revealed I see my Lord. You may be seated without even being asked. I was just thinking about the uh, first verse of the hymn we just sung. Beyond the sacred page, I seek you, Lord. We read a lot of scripture, of course, and we should and we need to. It does reveal God's desire for his world through Jesus Christ and through many of us and through the prophets and the early 
Christian writers and their witnesses, but uh, it flips off that page and comes to us in a living word off the page and into our hearts and outside of this place. It's uh, very good to see so many of you today so that we can witness to this truth as we uh, see folks in our lives uh, this coming week. We will take a look at one of those humanly horrible verses from our gospel for today. Mark 6, verse 27. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison. Grace and peace be to you from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Holy Spirit continue to call us and gather us and enlighten us and keep us for this week ahead. Amen. So, folks, as we read this wonderful gospel, wonderful tongue-in-cheek gospel for this day, I wouldn't blame you if you turned a deaf ear to this one or at least put a frown on your face after hearing today's scripture text. It's a terrible story. Thought about it all week. Nancy and I even discussed it for a little while. How terrible it is. It's hard to say thanks be to God after a story like this. Maybe we should skip this one and maybe go on to the next one. Because the very next lesson, which comes after that, which is a lesson in the gospel, which we will be taking a look at next week, is the one about feeding 5,000 hungry people. Strange, strange. Herod's horrible banquet runs right into a story where Jesus makes sure everyone is fed. As Mark tells the story, we see these contrasts as these two, two stories are back to back. It's filled with oppositions and it's filled with contrasts. Jesus withdrew to be alone before those people crowded in on him. To be alone. But a great crowd followed him. Another contrast. He went to a deserted place, but it became an abundant place. The disciples said, take the people, send those people away. Contrast. Jesus said, no, give them something to eat. The disciples say, we only have five loaves and two fish. And yet 5,000 people ate, and there were 12 baskets of leftovers. Contrasts. Alone, crowded, deserted, abundant. Send them away. Feed them. Don't have enough. They fed 5,000. But the greatest contrast of all, as we look at the two stories, is Jesus' banquet of life in feeding the hungry people as opposed to Herod's banquet of death, giving his wife's daughter the head of John the Baptist. Now Mark, the gospel writer Mark, has taken these two stories and he's set them side by side because he wants to point out and lift up these two contrasts between two different kinds of banquets. Hard to listen to Herod's story. The feast is not in a deserted place, but it's in a, a lavish palace. There wasn't a large crowd, but a select guests, a select guest list of important officials. Herod's wife, Herodias, was there, even though she shouldn't have been. Herod had stolen uh, her from his brother Philip. John the Baptist condemned this unlawful liaison. 
and for that John landed in prison and of course worse. Now Herod of course was a Jew and the entire empire though replaced the Torah, replaced the Jewish law, replaced the Jewish beliefs. He tried not to think about it but he was in power and what could be better? What could be better than power? Even my religious beliefs take a second place to the empire that I now control, especially at my birthday dinner. But why did he give in to this terrible request? Wasn't it enough that John was in prison? You know, Herod did like to listen to John, as it alludes to, it tells us in today's gospel. It's indeed odd for John preached repentance wherever he went. And was there something inside Herod, way back inside Herod in his roots, that he remembered God's word? Some spark of God that was brought up in John's preaching and teaching. But he had promised Herodias' daughter that he would give her anything she wanted. And he even went so far as to say, I'll even give you half of my kingdom. He never dreamt that she would ask for John's head. That's what he gets for giving, promising anything. He was grieved at her request and grieved because he feared the crowd beyond the palace if he didn't grant her request. He grieved the people who would uh, take him, try to take him out of power. Grieved also because he was still drawn to what John said. What a spot he had put himself into. But his guests also obviously heard the oath. How could he disappoint his guests after all? This is my kingdom. Who knows what the officers might try to do, the higher ups. So Herod gives the command and soon the head of John the Baptist is brought out on a platter, a real scary thing for a young boy like me when I actually saw the movie as if it was the last course of the meal or something like that. Scary. A very, very different banquet indeed, my friends. Not the abundance of Jesus' feasts, the banquet of eternity. Not the 12 baskets of food left over from feeding hungry people, but a horrifying leftover, John the Baptist's. But it all boils down to the choices that we make, and here is the center of our thoughts today. Herod could have made a different choice. He had options. But the empire replaced God in his life. He decided that he couldn't put his reputation on the line to spare John's life. He decided his choice, his God-given power of choice, the empire shaped his values and his decisions. What shall it be? the banquet of death, earthly things to which we cling, or the banquet of life, things eternal, the great feast we will share today. Feeding hungry crowds was really not on Herod's to-do list, not on his agenda. It was not the choice that he made. After all, he had an empire to maintain. Into such a world, here comes Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus with the alternate vision and the alternate mission. The kingdom of God, he says, has come near you. Over and over again, he taught about it, 
told parables about it, and lived it wherever he went. Jesus brought this kingdom vision to the crowds who interrupted his solitary time of prayer. And when the hour grew late, the disciples said, this is a deserted place, send the crowds away so they can go to a village and buy food for themselves. Well, to me, you know, on the surface, that sounds uh, pretty rational. Go out and get some food. You have money, go eat. Good idea, Herod would have said. Great idea. Send them away. But Jesus said, no. Don't send them away. They are hungry. Give them something to eat. They have needs. And here we are to fill them. But Jesus, we can't do that. The need is too immense. We don't know where to start. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus knows that you and I are perplexed about these things when we live our time together. In our striving to eradicate world hunger, in our striving to save as many children as we can from malaria, and all the things that Jesus asks us to do with our own little empires that we try to maintain. Will it be the banquet of the earth or the banquet of heaven? And that is our choice. It was a choice that came to a minister many, many years ago, Art Simon, a parish pastor in the Lower East Side of New York City. Every day, hungry people came to his church door and the congregation did everything they possibly could to give food to anyone who came, anyone, no matter how often they showed up. Thirty-five years ago, Art Simon founded Bread for the World, and I'm sure most of you heard about Bread for the World, a Christian uh, citizens lobbying organization, and uh, went all the way for uh, political advocacy in every food pantry now and every delivery of Meals on Wheels remembers Pastor Simon. Each of us helps to decide how we in our nation are going to help people in need. We are doing so much of that already and we can continue to do more. But what Jesus wants us to know is that we, again, have a choice. And we can, continue, we can be a part of the banquet of the earth or the banquet of heaven. And that's what Jesus tries to get us un to understand when we read that he would not send the crowds away. Give them something to eat. I think this week it might be a good idea. Why don't we um, uh, sit down sometime this week and read the sixth chapter of Mark again. These two stories of these two banquets and uh, about John the Baptist being killed and about the uh, feeding the 5,000. Sit down sometime this week and read it again and we can ask ourselves over and over again how can we continue to respond to Jesus' call and pray for hungry people and for anyone in any need because our lives are filled with making choices. Herod chose loyalty, presided over the banquet of death, Jesus called his disciples to help him preside over the banquet of life. They did something, and so can we continue to do something. You have something to give. My family has something to give, too. Jesus blesses and multiplies what we bring. 
And when that happens, we will all be a part of the eternal banquet of life for every single person whom we meet. The banquet of life for everyone. Now, may the peace of God, which sometimes eludes our human understanding, keep our hearts and minds with the kind of faith that only Jesus can give, moving us from anxiety to rest. We now uh, reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed on page 4. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. <coughs> we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being. Us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You will come again, glory to judge, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With reverence for the earth, those in need, and the whole human family, let us offer our prayers to God. Lord God of heaven and earth, we come to you and filled with the need to respond to the good you do for us. Enlighten our hearts and fill us with thanksgiving that we may both accept your forgiveness and respond to your call to witness. Your mercy is great. We pray for our elected and civic leaders that they may serve without reserve or prejudice. Your mercy is great. We pray for the earth that your land will yield its increase and all creation flourishes. Your mercy is great. We pray for all who work for cures for cancer and other diseases, for all who work to prevent and treat malaria. We pray for all who are suffering in any way, those who are sick and those living in despair. Hear the silent and verbal prayers of your people. Your mercy is great, and your compassion is eternal. For the members of this assembly who generously give their time, give of their time, abilities, and gifts, for the loved ones and strangers we will meet and welcome this day, 
Your mercy is great. We pray that nations that rise against nations will instead turn toward their citizens with respect, love, and humility in your name. Your mercy is great. We give thanks for all the faithful who were marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. May we too receive the pledge of your inheritance. Your mercy is great. Receive our hopes and prayers, O God of mercy. Increase our faith as we trust in your offer of grace. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace of the Lord with one another. At this time, we will graciously receive your offering. Merciful God, as grains of wheat scattered upon the hills were gathered together to become one bread, so let your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom, for yours is the glory, through Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. It is right to give God thanks. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy God, endless is your mercy and eternal your reign. You have filled creation with light and life. In mercy for your fallen world, you gave your Son that all who believe in him will not die but have eternal life. Send now your Holy Spirit into our hearts that we may receive our Lord with a living faith as he comes to us in his Holy Supper. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you, for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We're going to join hands now and pray our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, please come to the Lord's table. The uh, ushers will assist you. And I just want to make sure everyone knows, absolutely every person here is invited to the rail, the banquet. Believing in Jesus Christ, then you are invited. Take and eat, the body of Christ given for you. Take and eat, the body of Christ given for you. Take and eat, the body of Christ given for you. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. You may depart in peace. Please stand. We find ourselves now at the bottom of page 6. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. God, we bless you that you have brought us to the mountaintop and fed us with the life and light of your Son. Send us in his name from this place to bring light into dark corners, healing where lives are torn, and nourishment to every hungry heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lift high the cross.
Now that song needs to put a smile on every single face. That's a beautiful song. What other reason we have to smile? Well, besides my friendly nature, of course, that would do it. I'm so glad we all got to celebrate today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace and serve the Lord.